Welcome to Thought Revolution. This is a show for leaders like you who want to learn how to lead and manage in a way that expands your impact and influence. My name is Kristen Nebro and I am the founder of Impact Consultancy. And I'm excited to share with you my biggest aha moments and thought-provoking concepts that are designed to free up your time, your team's capacity, and your ability to create impact in the world. Let's go. Welcome back, everybody, to episode 16. And today, again, we're going to be focusing on results, and specifically, we're going to be focusing on how to break down silos. I'm excited because today I'll be interviewing uh, Cindy McMahon, formerly from the city of Seattle, and she'll be talking about um, how they were actually able to improve their outcomes. They massively improved their ability to um, deliver contracts on time, but also what it was like to bring two merged departments to different teams together around this particular process. It's a fascinating interview. I'm excited for what you're going to get from it. And uh, let's get into it. Here we go. Cool. I'm sitting here with Cindy McMahon. You are the contract manager at the Department of Education and Early Learning. Right. I got that right. Good deal. Um, And so we met, gosh, like two years ago. Yeah. And the way that we got connected, so I came in and did some training with your department um, around lean concepts. And then the next step was you all got together and started to take a look at where is it that there's opportunity to make improvement. And one of the places was around early learning contracts. The city of Seattle provides, and I'm gonna, you can fill in the blanks here a little bit more, but the city of Seattle provides um, uh, funding for early learning providers. Am I correct? Tell me about that. Right, well these are, um, where you came in uh, to help us was, uh, we provide uh, funding for four different kinds of preschool programs here in Seattle. And um, and so there's about 35, we had about 35 contracts and, um, and these are again um, community-based organizations that are funded through the city to provide preschool services for children. Awesome. And you know what? So just so the listeners know, like we're sitting here at Starbucks. Right, so you right. might sort of hear some stuff behind us, but you're one of my favorite people because oh, you've, thank we you. just were talking about this before we actually started, you know, taping, but um, you just seen the opportunity for this work and just carried it forward. So I guess my question would be, um, what was it like before? Before we started doing any work together, like just describe the the okay. department, um, the early learning contract process. Okay. Well, Chris, you know we're we're we were uh, and are a fairly new city department. We just started in 2015, and so we were a merged department of two um, different parts of the city, um, uh, the early learning uh, staff from the Human Services Department and the staff from the Office for Education. And we came together um, with two different models of how we contract. And But we, the first year, um, we were just trying to figure out how to get contracts out the door. And um, I have a real commitment uh, to managing city funds um, to the benefit of the community. And that means for me, uh, getting contracts out on time before we ask contractors to provide work. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's really an important role for anybody uh, who manages uh, public funds. And what the first year before you and I started working, it was just a huge struggle. We were nowhere close to getting them out on time. Um, as you know, our 
our um, structure in the department is that we have a contracting unit that actually produces the documents, but we work with program staff to develop the content of the contract. And so trying to get those two parts together um, was meeting after meeting after meeting. And then our contracts, we thought they would be ready to go. Um, they were piecemeal going out. We would find errors. We'd have to then come back and correct them. And I think in that first year, um, zero, I, I don't think any of them were executed on time. And it was through that um, initial process, that, that um, introduction that we saw where you were look, uh, helping us look at accuracy and how do you work as a team to get to, get to a better product um, delivered on time and what did we need to do that and that's why we wanted to bring you in. So that's interesting because then you guys were having a starting point where you're a merged department, so right. new folks, new processes, new structures, you had um, you had almost like um, new contracting, like um, uh, partners, you guys had to get some stuff out, and then it sounds like, so part of it was being able to work together, part of it was trying to figure out what your process is, and then as a result of that, part of it was um, you might have a contract done, but it wasn't done correctly, it might be incomplete or inaccurate, having to redo some things, and so it might yeah. slow your ability to get stuff out the door. Absolutely correct, okay. that's all true. That's what we were working with. So that. I got to, like, what impact does that, does that have on your team? Well, people were so frustrated yeah. because, at, you know, we all want to deliver quality work. And, um, and when you keep getting something back and it's not correct and it's like, well, what do I need to do differently? Uh, so there was a lot of questioning. There was a lot of finger pointing that, you know, I did what I was told, I, you know, and it, but it, the the ultimate result was was the contracts in the community weren't getting what they deserved um, in a timely way, so we really had to do something different. You know, it was um, uh, I think morale was low. Um, I think there was a lot of confusion because we didn't have any process in place, mm -hmm. and um, so we had to go back, and when you came in, then we started mapping all that out. But I think that's interesting, because I would have started by what impact does that have on the community, mm -hmm. but I feel like that's the obvious question, right? So yeah. folks don't have, let's say, the funds that they need, um, you know, and there's maybe different impacts in terms of folks operating without what they need, or um, not being able to start their mm -hmm. programming. And oh, absolutely. But what, the reason I'm interested in what it was like for your team is because I'm gonna guess that everybody that was working on that um, was already committed to the community. And so, oh, absolutely. Yeah, so I'm just curious, so I'm hearing low morale, folks are like busting their butts. What was the impact on, like, did, did you find that you or your team were in extra meetings to try to, like, oh. figure things out? What was the impact on your time? We, and We were scrambling. Um, um, one of the contract staff started keeping a list of all of the corrections that we were having to do. Um, keep in mind that these four different kinds of preschool contracts are very similar yet they're different. So there was confusion across um, contracts and, and of course this is 
this is the legal agreement between an agency of what's going to be expected. Um, this is the money. And um, there were so many touch points that could be off yeah. and, and often were off. So there were, uh, there was a lot of uh, extra meetings. One of the things that uh, when we went back and debriefed about it, there were lots of even like in the lunchroom, oh, by the way, that contract was so-and-so. That Those numbers are not wrong. And then somebody was trying to come back to their desk and go, oh, well, I heard that this number's off. Do we need to look at all of the other ones? So mass confusion. Yeah, so like the workflow is like ad hoc. Yeah, that's a great way to describe it, yeah. Got it. Okay, so all of this is happening, and then we actually came together, we did some mapping, we did some visualizing of what the work is. Mm -hmm. And one of the things, so it was interesting, I remember, I don't know if you remember this meeting or not, but I sat down with um, you and some of the other leaders, and um, I had made the assertion that, you know, you could bring me in to improve your process, but that's not really what you needed from me. I don't know if, if you remember that meeting. I, well, remind me. <laughs> because here's my belief, I think that you can bring anybody in, or even your team could get together and like put some attention on a, on uh -huh. a process and get some improvement. I just think that that's true. I think the value that I added was, how do you begin to continuously improve that? So how do you right, manage right, the work? Right, 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 right. That's really what I was interested in. Yeah. And so um, what we did was, in addition to thinking about like how should the process operate, we really took a look at the four disciplines of daily management and used visual management, right? Right. So we wanted to see the work, see it move. We wanted to see obstacles. Right. Right. And right. then create huddles or right. how do we continuously align? Because that's right. what was missing for your group. Big, yeah, and then because we we had two groups coming together, we had the contracts and the two different teams, two different teams, right? Two okay. different teams. So, and so tell how me do about we get, yeah. perfect. Well, well, tell me about life after then. So okay, um, I think well in in the the uh, meetings that you facilitated, we actually did. I, I think what was really important is we did some work where we would go out and we would build, um, say, a document like a. Uh, a, uh, a timetable and then we'd come back and we'd check it with everybody those are things that were never done there was no prior to this nobody had agreed upon there was no agreed upon process time frame uh, or timetable um, what are the documents we need how are we going to check our work for accuracy and so in those I think it was three days yeah where we had a hundred percent participation mm -hmm. Um, that we started building those tools that had not existed that I think the word is super important. I'm just going to jump in. Uh -huh. Agreed, because that's what's uh -huh. usually missing. Mm -hmm. um, there's no agreement. Like somebody might do something, or mm -hmm. maybe somebody has an idea, but nobody acts on it. But the alignment's usually missing. Mm -hmm. But you're describing the rapid prototyping that we did. Yes, So yes. prototype something and then test it. Right. Um, and some of the testing is checking to see if everyone has some... Um, buying or input, and some of it is actually trying it out to mm -hmm, learn, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Good, good, good. So so, so many of those tools, then that when you're asking about how did we look at the next process, um, was we did. Uh, we started by putting up a, a, um, a, a, a timeline of all of the, the places that we needed to check in along in order to get an accurate um, um, contract. One of the things I think we first learned is when we put up our buckets, we were thinking in too broad a terms. Um, so we really couldn't measure how well we were doing along the way because we were looking at um, big buckets where there were lots of little places where it could 
fall apart prior to that big bucket. I totally remember that. So yeah. maybe, for example, what you were looking at is, you know, our ability to execute contracts on time. Maybe right. you'd be right. looking at, oh, we want 80%, you know, executed on time. The problem is you couldn't measure that until after the fact, right? right? So you had to start to take a look at, if I remember correctly, how are we doing in terms of our ability to stay on pace with certain milestones? It was, it yeah. was, it was figuring out what those milestones are, where the way that we had always thought about it before were in much bigger chunks. Right. And so what would happen is we'd get to that big chunk at the end and we'd be so far off because we hadn't been measuring those smaller milestones. And because it was there at those smaller milestones that we could discover that we needed to change things up. We needed to either um, either change the process, or this wasn't working, um, or you know we had items that needed to go to the watcher board. Um, so you literally visualized your timeline. You put it up yeah, on the wall. Yep. You literally embedded like how you were going to see the work move by by being able to call out milestones. Right. And then you literally, if I remember your visual correctly, you had some of the team members' names. Yep and then each team member had different contracts and they would move, let's say, a post-it or a magnet That's of right. the contract from left to right as yep. it moved closer along the timeline. Right, and that would, that would let the managers know um, whether it was uh, an issue tied to uh, a staff, not either, I mean, that if, say, one staff, if all of their contracts hadn't moved, that's a real different issue than if all of their contracts but one has moved because it could be related to an agency mm -hmm. um, that there might be an issue or it could be that that the staff had needed some help along the way it was pretty cool because I remember you you know we would come in and just take a look at how things are progressing and you guys were beginning to see what were internal opportunities yes. to improve and yes. what were external like what was outside yep. but I think before this you couldn't even see it and we then the anecdote ruled the day right so folks would say well that's out of our control um, mm -hmm. Or you didn't really know how big a certain problem was or how frequently it came up, so mm -hmm. all of that started to mm -hmm. show itself. And I think the other thing that we did that was really helpful is at, the, at those, those key milestones where we were looking at how well we did, we then went and we did a, a debrief where we talked about what are the barriers, mm -hmm. um, what were the solutions, so that we could move that forward. Um, into the next process. And then you just mentioned the watcher board, so. Oh, yeah, yeah. So what's that? Okay, well, you taught us about the watcher board, which was a place that we can identify an issue that needs further um, consideration. There's some kind of decision that needs to be made. But what we were able to do that what had never been done what was it was it, it, I mean it really is an accountability tool mm -hmm. so so we would put up that uh, whatever that issue is who's the owner um, what what are they going to do when do they need to do it and then it, it sits there so everybody can see it and if it the next time you come to your huddle and it hasn't you know if nothing has happened then you decide does this need to be escalated to somebody else I mean it, it has a place so that you can watch it move um, so that you can get it uh, resolved so you can cross it off and move and move on it was really cool to see you guys use it because some of your hidden work was where in process were contracts um, and what the issues were but then the watcher board anything that was on it was hidden work right because mm -hmm. yeah. those were issues and then you know that 
whatever your response to the issue is, is not planned work. It's all unplanned work. So it was yeah. really fascinating yeah. to see not only what the issues were, but who was going to own it, how do you prioritize when it needs to get done, um, and how much of there was to do, mm -hmm. which I think was a big deal. Okay, so I'm curious, was there skepticism before we did the, like, from your team, like, what is this? Is this you gonna know, work? I, I think um, the contracts team was really pretty ready for anything because the experience had been pretty painful the year, mm. be the year before. I think it was um, a process that the program team wasn't quite sure how those parts were going to come together. And um, what we did discover is that while they were there were two huddles a week where we met at the board, mm -hmm. we went through it quickly. It's a, a 15 minute, um, let's go through where you with each Fast and focused fast, meeting. Fast and focused. Yeah. Um, I think at the, they were really reticent to come um, at the beginning. They were um, instructed they were supposed to come. What happened was over time, those little decisions or information sharing happened in the huddle and decisions could be made quickly and we could move on. People who for whatever reason didn't, couldn't attend or didn't attend, they found themselves out of the loop of information because the huddle, we'd taken care of it and we'd moved on. And so there, there became a, um, uh, a, a greater motivation to show up. And so by the end, we were getting um, pretty regular um, uh, attendance by nearly all people. And, and you know, the, the hard part, I think, in running the huddle, which you helped coach me on, was, you know, if we say it starts at 9, it starts at 9. And those people that are late, you miss it. I mean, because we would sit for those first few, we'd sit and we'd wait and we'd wait as people kind of showed up. You know, trying to create a norm where stuff starts on time and you need to be there on time in order that you can participate, you get the information, you share the information, and then you go back. Quick, 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 but lots of, lots of um, content is um, taken care of. Awesome. Okay, so um, let me hear more then about, like, you've done all this work. We could talk more about the tools, but what, what kind of results did you get and what difference has it made for your leadership or your department? Okay, um, you know, I think that last year when we, when we used um, all of the tools and the watcher board and the huddles, um, we actually ended up with 90% uh, so we, we went from 0% the first year to 90% going out the second year. That's really crazy, by yeah, the way. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. There, there were some costs, of course. Yes. I don't think that that happened, you know, with, you know, um, the ease that, you know, one might assume. And that's a pretty big leap to be able to make. Yeah, and I, I, you know, in looking at now we're on year three, I don't think that we're gonna we're on quite that aggressive. Uh, I, I don't think we're gonna meet that because every year things change yeah, yes. and, and how uh, we're managing it. I mean, again, trying to use that continuous improvement, we saw some ways, and we've kind of switched some ownership, and so we'll want to assess that this year and see if. If we end up with the same kind of results, if we don't, then we will want to go back and look at 
what were those barriers? What were what could we do differently in your form? I, again, as as you. But I think that's what's interesting, though, is you know when we started this journey, everyone just assumed we would redesign the process and that would be it. And I think the biggest thing that you guys deal with in government is that things are constantly changing, like constantly changing, mm -hmm. and then your ability to have processes to adapt are what make you you know strong and be able to deliver or what make it hard and create the burnout, right? And it yeah, sounds like you yeah. guys have tools now oh, right. to adapt. Maybe you're not adapting as fast as you want to at the moment, but you're adapting faster than you used to and oh, you know absolutely. how to turn things up. I, and I think that what we now have that we didn't have are tools that and processes that we can look at and we can work and I think we have some language now as a, as a department and, and as particularly in my unit is in the contracts unit about talking about where there's waste and looking at how things evolve and, and move and talk about whether this is you know part of our continuous improvement or what what we need to do so we've so we've really made a shift in in that uh, in the way that we view things as um, that either something is taking away from our productivity or it's adding value. And that's one of the big things that I think has, has changed for us. That's pretty cool. So um, how are you guys using these four disciplines? So seeing the work, seeing it move, seeing obstacles, and like building in cycles of continuous alignment like are you using that anywhere else in the department well or? we're using it in our in our contracting uh, for all contracts so we um, now have which I love which is a, a giant 44 by 72 rolling <laughs> magnetic board That's awesome. with magnets and so we put the name of the contract we put the the, the key information and who is managing that contract up on the board. And we've got a, across the, the board, we've got all of the, the key milestones. And staff are able to watch their work move. Um, we huddle twice a week, which yep. was something we never did. We've got the huddles down. Uh, so it's become part of our weekly work. Um, it's become routinized mm. into the work that we do is to look, to see it visually, to talk about, um, uh, you know, are we capturing all of the, the, the steps along the way? And because it's a big magnetic board with, you know, wipe, marker wipe down, we can change it. And we do. If we see that there's something else we need, um, we're now capturing some other kinds of things up on the board. We're capturing projects. We're capturing, um, you know, total um, contract numbers so that as new contracts come on, um, how do we know where that goes? So I, I think, again, that's that adaptability, the, the continuously using, using the, the principles to continuously improve our unit work. So you've like integrated continuous improvement into just your, your daily or weekly management. But if somebody was listening and they're like, I, you know, okay, what they're doing is using whiteboards. I guess the question for me would be like, what difference has that made for you as a manager? Oh, for me as a manager, it's great because 
I come in every day, and on my way in, there's my whiteboard right there, and I look at it, and I just stop, I pause, and I, I, I can see um, where contracts have kind of gotten stopped. I can check in with that staff person and see if, if do they need some help from me. Um, so it's, it, I use it as a management tool. Um, I can look at it, and um, I also can and look at it and see if, if, a, if a staff needs help, um, that they've got too much on their plate right now, so that that can continue to move those through the process by reassigning to somebody who may have more time. Um, we have a real need to be able to be flexible and uh, be able to move work amongst staff. I love it. So I'm hearing, so we talk about like the five time killers, so um, too much work in process. I'm hearing mm -hmm. you're able to see the work in process. Um, unplanned work, so being able mm -hmm. to see who needs help and then what are the plans to be able to deal with that. Um, conflicting priorities. Mm -hmm. So um, if you're trying to flex your work, how do you balance workload? Um, neglected work, so what's sitting there? Or even maybe what's a dependency, so what's sitting there waiting um, for approval or someone to weigh in, that. anything like that. So you can just see it just by visualizing it. You can see it, and then we talk about it in that huddle, and that's where we go. Do you need help? How are we going to move this? And um, we also have a, a place where we can, as you mentioned, we've got like, we just hear about something that might be coming. Now I don't have to keep it in my mind or go scroll back through an email. I take a magnet, I've got a stack of them at my desk, I plop the name of that on, I stick it under possibility, and then I can, it, it's always there for me to say, huh, I haven't heard about this, I'm gonna check in. And sometimes it's like, nah, we decided not to, not to contract, or oh yeah, oh thanks for reminding me, we need to get going. But it's moved from managing things in your head to managing it in the world, so to right. speak, it's and, out there in the open. And it's, vis it's visible, and not only can I see it, I've, I've heard comments from um, other staff um, from at all levels of the organization that, that say, hey, we stopped by and looked at your board, that's really cool. Um, tell us more about how you use it. So, you know, I think that it is creating for other places in the department the possibilities of making their work visible. That's awesome. Um, so, just to, because there's just so many places we can go, and this is like a, a short show, um, what would you say to folks out there are like the biggest one to two, you know, lessons learned that folks should maybe take away from your experience as they think about how they're going to integrate continuous improvement in their work? I think that um, from a, I think for staff, um, by making your work visible, um, it allows them to see where their work is. Um, there's a sense of accomplishment as they watch it move. Um, as a manager, it's a, a great tool for me to be able to be supportive and to manage the work of my unit because I, it's always out there. Um, I think it is, uh, I think that by having it visible, it also leads to the sense of continuous improvement so that then we in other meetings talk about how we can, you know, are there tools that we need to do differently? Is there, where, where are the stumbling blocks? So it's really kind of become just part of the way we view the work. So. 
that's kind of, I don't know if that's one or two takeaways, but that's kind of in general. Well, it just sounds like, you know, it's changed how you even manage. It, right? it has changed how I manage. Um, I, I really, uh, it has been such a, uh, a benefit for me because I get so many emails and if it's about contracts, I, I have a sense of if I can get it on a magnet and get it up there, I don't have to worry about did I miss something. Yeah. And it also cues up staff that here's a potential of something that's possibly coming. So it's not a surprise, and that helps them manage their daily work. To me, I feel like that's a huge lesson because what I'm hearing is your ability to make hidden work visible yes. um, takes away what I don't think is so hidden, which is the sense that people feel burned out, that they feel overworked, they feel undervalued, and what I'm hearing you say is what they're starting to feel now is a sense of predictability instead of reaction. They're feeling um, accomplishing instead of... Um, um, you know, sunk with a ton of work to do, mm -hmm. right? Um, and they're able to have a sense of alignment, uh, which I think is different than a, a sense of, um, you know, constant communication to be figuring out, like, uh, who's on first and what's happening. I think what you said, Chris, is absolutely true. Um, and and one of the pieces that, as they're watching, when you talked about accomplishment, it's, it's really fun to watch. Um, as we get to that last stage of a contract, which is called execution, I, people are going, yay, I can take it off the board. So it's like, because then it just becomes part of their ongoing work. But anytime there is then something else that uh, might change, uh, they know, pop up a magnet. And so it's becoming, yeah, as you said, predictable, but there, there's a process where it gets to the end and there's that sense of accomplishment that it's moved through all yeah. these these milestones along the board. That's really cool. I think that's fascinating because what you've done just by visualizing it and engaging folks in that process is it's moved from doing the work and just checking it off like something mm -hmm. to get done mm -hmm. um, and get off their plate to accomplishing their work. Yes. Um, and you know, understanding its journey, which mm -hmm. is so different. Mm -hmm. I've super appreciated your time oh, today. Well, thank you, Chris. I, I, as I've said to you many times, I think that you have, uh, your work has, uh, in working with the Department of Education and Early Learning, has truly transformed the way that we look at our jobs. So thank you. Well, thank you. All right. All right. Yeah, no, I, uh, you know, I. That's it for episode 16. I hope you enjoyed the interview with Cindy McMahon. Uh, she has a lot to say. There's a lot of learning in there. And again, I know all of you have this bend to want to make a difference in the world instead of trying to just make things work. And it really starts by being clear about what it is that you want and then visualizing it, just loving that process and then moving through it. I'm excited. What we're going to get into in the next few um, episodes is going to be um, focus on leadership and creating your leadership revolution. Some more to come. All right. Until next time.